you're listening to the Misfit Faction crossover event featuring the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. All the hopes and dreams of Krypton live in you now. I'm so proud of you, son. Your mother and I loved you. Your mother and I knew you would change the world. Your heart was tested. I know it's been hard, Clark. But you gave hope to their world. You need to show them who you are. Love them, Cal. The way we loved you. Fly, son. It's time. And welcome to a very special crossover between the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures, both proud members of the Misfit Faction Media Network. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us at our website, which is themisfitfaction.com. You can also take us on any podcasting apps, which is including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and hopefully Pandora eventually when they answer my emails. As always, I'm Paul. I'm the host of multiverse fancast and cinematic adventures and we have a round table of quote unquote experts here tonight yeah where are they we have people in my basement this tonight table, this table's rectangular i was yeah. just about yeah. to say that so as i was saying you can also find our brand new instagram we just launched that <laughs> this week we also have coming next week, I believe, we have our article section opening up on our website, which uh, is going to have the first appearance of our very first article written by one of the co-hosts that we're going to introduce in a moment. But as always, like I said, I am Paul. I am one of the hosts of Multiverse and Cinematic Adventures. Now with me here is Ronnie, co-host of the Multiverse Fancast. Ronnie, how are you today? I am doing well. How are you doing? Oh, just ducky, considering this is our fourth take. Oh, yes. Yeah, so super. And also here with me is a co-host of the Cinematic Adventures podcast, Sean. Sean, how are you today? I am good. It's actually tonight. <laughs> and uh, rounding out... did you justice. Oh, shush. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, and rounding out our... Uh, Pantheon of wisdom <laughs> is uno- official, unofficial, third ho- uh, podcast host, Rob. Rob, how are you today? I am flying now that I'm drinking a Starbucks double shot energy drinks. Proud sponsors of the Multiverse Fan Cast. Or are they? They are but after this. That it's 10 o'clock <laughs> at night and I am all superheroed out. I am doing great. Oh, shameful we, plug, but I love it. So shameful. <laughs> it's like a Wayne's World plug. <laughs> Let me have my dominoes. Or a Mercedes plug by Batman. Oh, yeah, right? Man. There are a lot of And Wonder Woman. So, How's that uh, Michelob Gold going for you, Paul? It's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube where this will be blurred out. But anyway. <laughs> no, it won't. No, it won't. But uh, I'm going to open this now as I continue my introduction. Now, we are here. I thought that was actually me for a second. So we are here. We are discussing the, I don't want to say much anticipated, but the much. Dreaded. No, the much, the much discussed Snyder Cut or Zack Snyder's Justice League as it is officially titled. Uh, We just finished watching the movie for the first time. Just finished. It's fresh in our minds. 
for good Spoiler or bad. Spoiler alert, I think I'm the only one that liked it. But anyway. I, I, for the record, I haven't said one way or the other yet. Your tone says it all, and get your hand off my thigh, please. <laughs> Isn't that a good sign, though? Mm. I never said I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't either. But Did I? Uh, I've been no. holding my tongue this whole time. All right, Literally. So before we get... It's very difficult. I know, it's, it's looking very <laughs> difficult. So really quick, we'll start off with just a very brief one, just one or two sentences, how you're feeling right now um, after we... You know, it's a four-hour movie. It is an event. We stopped halfway through. We had dinner. Um, there was alcohol involved, so I don't know if that made it worse or better. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So, the pizza um, helped. The pizza did help. We, we still have so much. So we're going to go around to each of our hosts and just initial thoughts off the bat. Um, and then Can't we'll go around. It's a rectangle. It, it's a rectangle table. All right. Okay. Thank you. We're done with this. So uh, well, Ronnie, like we'll circle. we're going to start with you, Ronnie, because I hate We're all a little punchy. Sorry. The yeah. Movie, if you're not familiar with it, the movie was four hours long. And so it's it was, even if we liked it, it was still a long time to Rob. sit with a film. So we're a little off Ronnie I, I don't know I feel on right now <laughs> especially after watching that movie oh, um, what it was a joke I don't get it or was it Batman uh, Batman alright so um, Ronnie my, I would say better than the first still was okay Sean While Sean's collecting his thoughts, Sean's we're gonna motioning for us to move on. Yeah, so else. so I'll, I'll jump in. Um, he said two sentences. It it is it is a long movie. I think uh, I think it only works because the other one didn't. And and I hate to say that because I'm I'm a I, I I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. There are some great moments in it. Um, strangely enough, there were some moments that I missed from the from the Whedon cut, like one or two. But for the mm. most part, I I think this is definitely the superior movie now that sean has i'm sorry gained his composure <laughs> i'm sorry sean an initial thoughts on <clears throat> um i kind of agree with you that it's too long um but obviously anything is better than the uh the joss whedon uh, cut there were parts i did like about this movie and there were still parts i didn't but visually i thought it was very well done and again as i've said before it's a Zack schneider film wait um, didn't you say like one or two sentences i'm sorry that was like three. <laughs> he was also dying, so we're giving him a little extra. Oh, anyway, in case he <laughs> Jeez, Ronnie. Is that what it takes to get a few? Okay, I'll copy Ronnie. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. So let's uh, well, let's talk about this movie as a whole. You, hey there, you went skip. first. I didn't say a thing about it though. <laughs> I thought we. I thought he said we were punchy, and that was his. Yeah, punchy because it was four hours. I didn't All right, say Rob. What did you think of the movie? Um, it was a fascinating <laughs> it was experiment. A movie. Maybe a second sentence for Rob. <laughs> um, I, I rewatched. I, I beforehand I decided to rewatch the Joss Whedon Justice League, Justice and uh, League. I, so I had certain expectations and ideas of what this was, and and it was interesting to see how those some of those were met, but also just like from a, a particularly cinematic standpoint, just being able to see how two different directors can have two totally different visions of a lot of the same material. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about the, the production of, of how we how we got here because this movie in itself is a whole totally interesting concept and it, it's, it's, it's even more interesting how we got here. And, you know, we... 
we've reviewed most of the uh, the DC extended universe up until this point, and um, you watch Man of Steel, you watch Batman vs Superman. This definitely feels like it was supposed to be part of those movies. Um, I I personally I really miss the aesthetic of um, the the original Zack Snyder films. I really enjoyed seeing Batman's costume again in, in the darker colors. Yeah. Um. You know we were we were talking during the movie because we we're those people, but um. One well, of the, only those people when we're with each when other. we're with each other. So one of the one of the biggest things that we discussed, or at least was mentioned, was that whatever footage Joss Whedon used was not designed to be used in the lighting and the filming style that Joss Whedon was using. So there are times where, even though like there are plenty of this of similar or if not the same shots in this movie and the Whedon movie. Are we going to say like Snyder version, Snyder version, Whedon version, Snyder Whedon? Snyder. Justice League and the Snyder Cut. I'm going to keep messing it up. <laughs> but um, they're sa- like the exact same shots, but because of the coloring and lighting, it's totally different movies. It looks totally different, especially Batman. Batman's the biggest uh, culprit in that regard. So Yeah, they look like in Joss Whedon's version, they look like Halloween costumes. Yeah. yeah. Where and here they actually, they, they look fairly real world superheroes. Yes. It's it's also weird seeing Batman in the daylight, and that that's always been a thing. Even uh, like the Dark Knight Rises, it's it's still weird seeing him fighting in the streets of Gotham yeah. in the day in the daytime. But um, so this movie was the original quote unquote cut of the movie. It was ninety percent filmed or ninety percent done at the time, and Zack Snyder unfortunately had a family tragedy, and also Warner Brothers was kind of trying yeah, to they push him out to begin with. Out. Yeah. There was a rumor that he screened a, a long cut for the execs at um, Warner Brothers, and they said that it was an uh, in unmitigated disaster. That was it, it was incomprehensible, um, and so they were pushing to get rid of him. See, here, here the problem is, unless we're actually in that room, there, right. there, the the rumors and the theories, like especially studios are very they they don't want to admit their mistakes because it's no. money it's an investment yeah. yeah and also it makes them it, it it lends to their credibility so a lot of people from WB have been very supportive of Zack Snyder doing this project yeah um, cuz they'd look like idiots if they didn't exactly yep like this this movie i mean even when we were watching now this movie came out about 2 days ago at the time of recording it's Saturday the movie came out this past Thursday and we we had some buffering issues once or twice during the movie, but after that it it yeah it cleared up and yeah. no issues. So HBO Max has crashed several times uh, over the last couple of days. There's been a lot of technical issues from uh, places around the world that are showing them in other media's. I was really hoping this movie would get a, a theatrical edition, but I'm kind of glad we didn't go see this in a theater. Oh, no. oh god, it would have been a long. I would have been able to four yeah. hours. Like don't get me wrong, I. I am a huge DC fan. I'm a huge superhero movie fan. We all are, you know, and we all enjoy these movies. But, you know, sitting for four hours, like... Well, any movie after three hours, it's it's a chore. Oh, yeah. Even with, like, an intermission and all that. Like, we took about a half hour in between uh, to go get pizza and kind of stretch our legs yeah, a little. Yeah, this film is not meant to be viewed in a... In a th- although, cinematically, in terms of the look of it, maybe for a theater, but... It is not a theater going. It, it is very much a television experience in the way that they have it chopped up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about this movie also is this is the complete unreleased edition. Most directors have their director's cut. So basically, this is Zack Snyder's director's cut. So most movies have a director's cut and then it's edited down. Unfortunately, a movie like, like Joss Whedon's Justice League 
it made the movie just so cheap. <laughs> not, not even cheap. It's just it so much didn't make sense. And then they added a lot that didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, yeah. There, it was very quippy. Um, there were plot lines that were added, like of the Russian family, that really didn't. <laughs> I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to ground it for us in, in, in humanity, but it, it just wasn't working. None of it fit the tone. Um, it was all over the map. And and seeing this version now made us all realize just how much we didn't understand in that first film because we were like, oh, well, that explains why yeah. that happened. And so there was so much we didn't know that we didn't know. Which was the first two hours of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, like the, the first two hours, really, they they were the longer of the two hours. Oh yeah. But the problem with the second two hours is we were so burnt out by the first two <laughs> that we were tired during the third and fourth <laughs> hours, and it just kind of it yeah. made it a. This movie's definitely a little bit of a, of a slog to get through. Yeah. But, um, it does actually allow for episodic viewing, like if you wanted yes, to walk away after which is what they were originally wanted to do. They wanted to do it as a six part miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. And which they so didn't. they kept it in that format. I don't know why they didn't either. That doesn't like because now having watched it, it would have. I think it would have done just fine as an ep- episode a week kind of thing. I don't oh, yeah. think they wanted to compete with Disney Plus. I mean, between Wandavision and the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I, I still think it would have been able to hold also, its own I because everyone wanted it. All I, comic book fans, but wanted I also this. think they were afraid of what 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 do we always say when we walk into a movie like this? What if it sucks? What if that first hour sucked and nobody wanted to watch the rest of it? Yeah, well, it's a that, chance that, you gotta take. That, that's why you get those critics that say, stick with it. I mean, I, for instance, getting ahead of ourselves, but WandaVision, same kind of thing. It got better as it went on. Right. Now that depends who you I ask. I disagree with that statement, but and okay. Teed up for Sean right there. I, I would say that viewer interest probably grew with each episode whether yeah. or not it got better I, I don't know um, that's debatable clearly but uh, yeah I, I would agree with you in theory there yeah I mean HBO Max I don't know if it does have a lot of like the weekly shows I don't think it has a ri- it, it has a ri- it has original programming but I can't I, think there's I can't weekly. swear to you that it's not all on there at one time or if it's episodic well, like if they, uh, if Disney they go Plus with, is doing uh, DC Universe when they were doing their shows they did it weekly so I, I would imagine they'd follow a similar model, especially when all those shows start their new seasons, because um, it's a uh, it's it's some people like having all their shows, all the episodes at once to, to binge. Other people like the episodic. I like having something to look forward to each week. I I don't mind doing episodic, um, and I also can't sit for hours and watch something like even, and that's another thing for this one. Like even I sat there like up until like that that last hour when all the the really cool nerdy stuff started <laughs> happening and my wife had to put her hand on my shoulder and say, yeah, I know I see it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. There were moments where I was not watching the TV. I was watching your face. It's half and, the fun. And it was cause your mouth is open a little bit. And, yeah. and I thought I saw you crying at one point. I wasn't sure. Probably. During the, my allergies during the, are killing the me. Fla- <laughs> during the flash time travel thing. I thought I saw you like a tear or something. <laughs> <Just> a single tear. <laughs> no, no, Wouldn't no. be surprised. Little so, sucker over there. Let's um, really quick. We're we're gonna go around the table, the rectangular table. Uh, you can also see that on our YouTube channel. Around. It's a running gag. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, the running gag we did have during this movie was, oh, now that makes sense. Yeah, take a drink. That was the running <laughs> gag. Um, a lot of changes in this movie. A lot of things different. A lot of things that that didn't play out the same way. The the general plot is pretty much the same, 
but there are definitely some things that that stood out that are different. So we're going to take a little just trip around the table and everybody can just mention just one thing from from this cut that was better than the others. So I will start first. Adding the scene with Flash saving Iris in the very beginning was awesome. That was a great scene. It, yeah. It showed unfortunately this movie also shows so much more of the characters which made me wish that they had done solo movies for them first I loved seeing Barry like he's still the comedic relief and it it made me glad that a lot of the stuff that was cut out um, he he still had that same comedic element to him we don't have to talk about brunch for for four minutes though (laughs) in a a clearly added in later scene you can tell by Barry's hair which scenes were added in for the main cut but when he See, notices that something's wrong and he everything stops around him it's it's always interesting because these movies are really good at at bringing up how would somebody with superpowers interact with this world and and what is what is their perspective and i even liked it in the weed and cut like you know barry's like people are just a little slow for me mm-hmm. it's a great line i really just when he turns and his shoes rip because they're they can't handle his super speed i just and then he catches her he does do that really weird, creepy thing where he pushes the hair out of her eyes. Yeah. But even like, because he has to take her slowly, he can't just grab her and run. He's got a, he puts her arms like in a, in a crossing position so she won't hurt herself. Like those, those little touches, it shows that Barry's not super new to the scene, but he's still like, he's still got work to do because mm-hmm. he, he still trips in it. So does anybody else want to go? Who would like, Rob's going to go first with a, a scene that he enjoyed. Uh, not not necessarily a scene, but just in addition to the film that really worked well for me was character motivations. Um, I really felt that the characters were fleshed out fully in the sense that I knew why they were doing what they were doing. They were more three-dimensional, <clears throat> even down to Steppenwolf mm-hmm. um, and his motivation to please Darkseid and, and that they had a past and where he had failed him and, and been rejected. Like, it was it was neat to see why people were doing certain things, you know, especially, uh, uh, Cy- what's Cyborg's name? Ray, Ray Fisher, Roy Stone, which is it? Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher's well, the... Actor. The actor. Ray Fisher's the actor. Okay. Yeah. And Royce. Vic- Victor Stone. Victor, Victor Stone. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Victor Stone. Like it was neat to see. Uh, he he was definitely. Uh, I've been reading a lot of things that have been saying he's the heart of the film. Uh, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. I think mostly though, just be you know, for me it was because I could see his emotional motivation. I could see a lot of their arcs, like even Diana with her arc uh, and, and motivation about avenging her uh, relatives and her mother. Um, so the addition of, of character motivations was my biggest thing. Very nice. You stole mine. I, I was going to say the same <laughs> exact you thing. You should put your hand up To first. be honest with you. <laughs> but what I'm going to say instead is Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was a huge improvement from what we saw in the weeding cut yeah um i i loved his armor suit even his face even when he didn't have the suit on it looked a little more realistic than whedon's cgi blob oh, and, i will say the face looked a lot better too. yeah yeah i think it looked better because the voice looked, yeah. yeah the yeah. voice effects were good i think it looked better though because it looked less human looking yeah like it looked like whedon tried to make it a little bit more human um yeah and just I like your mind just goes that doesn't that doesn't look good no 
Um, yeah, it just it's ne- Steppenwolf looked so much cooler in this. He looked much more intimidating, but at the same time, he wasn't like super overpowered. He was still getting hurt, and he was yeah. like, you know, his armor was awesome though. When it had all the arrows in it, and they just all popped Pop. out, that was really cool. Very Black Pantherish, a little bit. Uh, Sean, <laughs> uh, Rob alluded to it already, but I I think for me was just the extension of uh, Cyborg as a character. I mean, man, he had nothing to do in the Josh Whedon cut. And he's, Mm. uh, well, who knows the reason for that. From what I've read, he's not going to have a future much in the DC uh, universe either. I very much liked just his whole storyline, you know, learning about his character, you know, the growth of his character, how important he is to what they're doing. Um, Very much like the addition of a lot more Cyborg in this movie. Yeah, because you didn't get anything. You you got his backstory and that was it. And then he was just like, Oh, he's like a tech guy. This is like, no, he's like this super genius, can talk to other tech. And also his you power. Didn't get that. I mean, yeah. you didn't really get into his power. I mean, no. just the, 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 the tape recording where his father is telling him, you can do anything. Yeah. He gives the, he, he goes, you know, makes the, the money appear in the in the woman's bank account. I mean, yeah. uh, stuff like that. I thought that was good. And see, I like that. So let's talk about that scene. So we get a, a sense of Cyborg's mind works very differently than, he, than a human's at this point. Um, the way that he sees the world, he kind of goes into his own head and he connects with the world digitally. We see it a few times and I know Rob's wife was here watching going, what's, what's going on? What is yeah. happening? I, that And that wasn't a confusing as that wasn't confusion as a result of like, I'm not too I don't familiar understand with this it, universe. Yeah. It was like, uh, why are they doing this? Yeah. It's uh Snyder has, is, has always had a few scenes in those movies where he tries to do a visual representation of the character's struggles. Another famous one is in Batman vs Superman when he uh, Clark is climbing the mountain and he sees his dad and he's having a conversation with his dad. It's really just happening in his head, but they did a visual representation for the audience. But a lot of people were like, "Wait, is his dad dead or alive?" Like, no, it's an internal struggle. <laughs> yeah, read a book. But um, yeah, so Cyborg is able to go into technology and he's watching this 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 woman who's like just struggling and he, uh, literally all he does is he, he just like basically sim cities it and just makes like yeah, money right? appear and i i love the scene of him like seeing it happen and smiling and like showing that he's still human yeah very powerful scene and a lot like Sean said a lot of good cyborg stuff yes so let's talk about some of the other characters in this movie that kind of most of them have similar um motivations but um I want to talk about Wonder Woman first. We we kind of mentioned her. I know Rob, you mentioned her. You brought her up. Wonder Woman is finally ferocious again. Like she cuts people in half. So yeah. this movie is rated R, which is also another thing. It's uh, I I I don't really see the R rating for the most part. You they do drop the F word a few times, and then the violence could be uh, a little intense. The head imprint that I pointed out to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Like I, my <laughs> thought though is with the violence, it didn't seem any more extreme than what I would see on like Supernatural. Which yeah. is a, a television show, so I I, I I think because it's so constant and that's also not out for everyone to see. I mean, it is, but I know it's though, it's yeah. on a network that it was no one really watches. How too little much. violence there was in the Whedon cut. I mean, yeah, like you didn't see anything right. in well, the Whedon cut because Ben Affleck couldn't move. Well, he couldn't fit in the suit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. He he. In, in this, it looked like it see, too, though. You could definitely see the difference in him. In yeah. this cut versus the, the oh yeah, cut. there are plenty of shots, but just in his face. There's but. the one where they're, uh, the one scene where they're fighting the parademons when they're trying to save everyone out of where what the silo or whatever they're in. Yeah, you could see him running, and he's like so like 
oh, I can't really move in oh, this. That's a suit, though. That, yeah. yeah, unfortunately. But um, yeah. So let's let's talk about Batman first. Where he, where he's at in this? Um, because well, we already we kind of spoke about Wonder Woman a little bit. We spoke about uh, the Flash and uh, Cyborg. Batman is he had you know this this idea that the world was in danger and i like how alfred's like uh nothing's happened yet come on yeah but, so batman's at this point where he's like i need to protect the world because i promised on superman's grave that i would again we're kind of missing a movie there there really should be another movie in the beginning of this series but say la vie. um so basically he is trying to get the team together just like in the joss whedon cut he's just they they take out some of the I hate to say it, the wimpy Batman stuff. Like I didn't have a problem with when Superman asked, uh, "Do you bleed to him?" I I really didn't. Yeah, it's when he's laying there, he's like, "Oh, God, something's definitely bleeding." Uh, they got rid of a lot of the quips, a lot of the little jokes. I, I and, like that quip though. And there's a lot of like manly staturing that's going on throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, they, it's they, totally consistent. I'll give it that. I mean, they did it in, in the Avengers too, and then they don't make fun of it until Avengers Endgame. We could all we could all stand around a pose, uh, stand posing up a storm later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's just that's that's comic book movie though. That's every comic book movie. You're going to have a lot of posturing, a lot of superhero landing, superhero landing. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I'm really glad they took out was the Diana and Bruce tension about reviving Superman. I thought that was really forced in the movie in the Whedon cut, mm. and I'm glad they just kind of let it, it go. Also, was it just me, or did they cut a lot of the romantic tension between the two of them too? They changed it up. Uh, yeah, they, they, like the the holding hands, but a lot of that romantic tension was also Alfred pushing it. Right. On. I, yeah. That's, yeah, I remember that. And also, am I remembering this correctly that the Joss Whedon one had him mention Steve Trevor and like push her that way, and this one they did. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, like I said, it's a fascinating experiment in, in filmmaking. So, Sean, you are the co-host of Cinematic Adventures, and you are way more well-versed in movies than I am in terms of technicalities and, and history and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Has there ever been a movie that has dealt with this kind of situation that you could think of off the top of your head? Uh, the closest one I could think of has got to be the original Superman, Superman 2. Mm -hmm. So, which is funny how, you know, it's a comic book movie, but... Back in the late 70s, the producers of Superman hired Richard Donner to direct Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back, -back, literally at the same time. So apparently Richard Donner was having such a bad relationship with the producers. They were, I want to say, 80% done filming the second one. Um, and they decided to take the ending of 2 and put it on to 1 and then go back and start filming 2 later on. Long story short, they ended up firing Richard Donner and Richard Lester came in and practically reshot the movie and got his name put on it and the movie to me is not as good as it would have been. That's the closest I could think of a situation like I this. I got one too. Um, um, you're familiar with Orson Welles' Touch of Evil? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so you know that one. Touch of Evil, They the studios messed with it and they chopped it all up um, and Orson Welles wrote something like an 80-page manifesto about how to, how to re-edit it mm -hmm. and it laid around for years and then back around gosh I forget what year uh, the studios decided to reassemble it according to his notes long after Orson Welles had died um, and then they re-released it and it's a far superior film than the first touch of evil gotcha interesting yeah, see, this is why huh. we invite them Ronnie you learn something <laughs> new every day yeah remember when we just I have no idea what they said <laughs> movies Ronnie's just ah. sitting there smiling <laughs> 
Hey guys. <laughs> like like Barry throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So this um, is why we're recording. Ronnie's just the face. Yeah. Which I, I have to say, when I was watching this, I was thinking back to all of the films that have been lost to studio meddling that should have been fixed over the years, or or films that have been lost to the years. Um, one of which is another Orson Welles film called The Magnificent Ambersons, uh, where you have like I think it's like an entire reel missing mm-hmm. from the film, um, like the entire third act. Uh, and as a result, it just kind of it's it, a lot of people still call it a classic, but it just could have been so much more than what it was. All right. So we've kind of touched on some of the, the biggest things. Let's let's talk about the beginning. The movie starts off completely different than the uh, the Whedon cut. So I, I think it's a, a, a fair chance to say which one we like better. Um, so this movie starts off with basically it picks up right after Batman vs Superman with. Superman's death, uh, kind of a, a reshot sequence. It's hard to tell what was actually reshot for this original Justice League, or what was you know leftover footage from Batman vs Superman that they just reused. But basically, Superman's death, and they, I thought it was a little hokey. The the death echoes that like, can, can people see that? Or it was also yeah. a little just drawn out. It was yeah. like you could have done it like for maybe two. They did it for like. You know, it felt like five minutes. Yeah. So it's just you hear like this moan, and I'm they, like, they could have just cut to the mother boxes and had it heard over yeah. the, with the audio, and have them wake up. Instead, you had every character I, like. I think one of the things we said was that there were so many things that were drawn out and slowed down that if they put it at regular speed, it would have been a 45 minute movie. <laughs> <laughs> to a point, so yeah. true. But um, so basically, this movie shows that it, it physically shows that Superman's death has activated these mother boxes, and that is when. It's safe for them to come get uh, for Darkseid's forces to come get them, and we get introduced to Steppenwolf. Now, the original, the Whedon cut, opened up with the really hokey burglar Robin, yeah, uh, jewelry exchange or something. Uh, the only thing I'll say about that is I love the shot of when he looks over and he sees Batman on the gargoyle, and he's just like, oh. yeah, that that I enjoyed. But then it's just it's just I like the opening song in the Whedon cut. Um, the everybody knows song. Yeah, yeah that's a great. It was sequence. a good. That was a good song. But uh, I thought that was a a, a Snyder thing. That looks like his fair, work. Yeah. Okay, I gotta say this now that that this is kind of coming up. Um, I think one of the things we have to remember about this too is that when directors f- make their films, they're on a tight schedule, like 10, 12 months at most. Snyder has had four years to think about this. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that song might have been his yeah, original choice. And yeah. then in that years, he went, oh, I've come up with a better idea. Yeah. So like, I, I, I hesitate to come up with a final verdict on this film because this is someone who has had four years to think about and plan out and, and work on a film where that's never happened that anyone has had that long to, you know, other than like boyhood uh, where, you know, it was 11 years to work <laughs> on a film, but you know, so I wonder how Snyder's vision him, for himself changed over that time period too. And had we, and had, and this is the other thing is had he been given that tight frame of you only have this long to finish the film, would we have gotten what we got now? And I don't think we would have. I think it would have been different than this. And and yeah. my, I think one of the things that this film benefits is the quality of time. I think in terms of the the visuals, absolutely. But he only had time to shoot. Like the the, the rumor, this or the the report is that he only shot four minutes of new footage for this movie, and most of it is during the nightmare sequence. So 
all this footage he already had. So yeah, I think maybe he cha- he could have done the everybody knows song to it to yeah. that op- to that same scene. Like I, I think about you know because I, I used to direct. Um, high school productions and I think about you know I still think about productions years later I'm like oh I should have done this differently oh that gives me an idea I could have done that and I didn't even think about it oh, at the time yeah. and I'm sure that happened to Snyder too that you know things came up over the past four years where he's like oh if I you know if I ever get, do get to put out the Snyder cut this is what I'm going to do with it yeah yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I do that, I, that annoys me as a comic book fan is I know that the mother boxes in the comics are sentient computers they have a they have their own Intelligence. They're they're they have a like an essence inside them. So in this movie, they flat out say that the reason that they were sleeping is because the Kryptonian was still on Earth. Because they even I think Cyborg even mentioned they mentioned yeah, they're like they said it. you your dad activated this a year ago and nothing happens. Why? And he's they they literally figure out because Superman was here. Yeah. This movie and again it leads back to if you listen to some of our previous episodes on the DCEU, we we mentioned that Superman is the cause for all of these movies to happen. No Superman, no movies. I like that. I like that it's a continuing thread throughout the film. Now, I, su- go ahead. Oh, no, I no, a, go ahead. No, because I had a question about that. No, um, yeah, go ahead. Were, the mother boxes have been on Earth for a long, long time, right? Yes. Before Superman, right? Correct. So why weren't they awoken before Superman They never say. Um, I think maybe because they were still, at least the... The human one was still hidden until 19... Victor says until well, World, yeah, War II. World War II. Yeah. So but that's maybe, still before Superman. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we did have Wonder Woman running around. There, there were other protectors of, of the planet. Maybe. You know, we're gonna we're also going to see, you know, Justice Society's coming with uh, Black Adam. So who knows? Mm. I think also... Could have been because all the forces were still together. Uh, during World War II? And all that? I don't think so. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they even said... You don't follow. So you know how when they first protected the boxes, they were all together, right? You had your yeah. Green Lantern, you know. Atlantis. From Atlantis and, 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 and all them. Amazons. Not until recently it. they split. Oh, I thought they split like a, a thousand, thousand years, years ago. Yeah. ago, they say. All of them? Yeah. That that huge fight with yeah. the guy from 300, that was like <laughs> Zeus? a long time. That was Zeus? Oh. Zeus was in 300? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that was like <laughs> thousands of years ago. Yeah, so that that was quite some time ago. But um they never really say why the mother boxes didn't wake up before them. didn't wake up before that. There I'm sure there's some movie got a movie. Movie got a movie. Yep. Rule of cool <laughs> abides. But um yeah, I did I did enjoy the idea that Superman was so powerful that even and they also make it seem like Darkseid didn't know where those mother boxes were. Like uh, what's his face? Stepping foot. Stepping wolf. Stepping foot. Stepping foot. Stepping time. It's late, guys. We we are really we're the struggle bus is really struggle bus. It is running hard today, but um, they do say that Stepping wolf is the one who tells him, yeah, they're on Earth. Like almost like Darkseid didn't remember where he was <laughs> during that battle. So let, let's talk about Darkseid and not Thanos, Rob. <laughs> So Darkseid, call him not Thanos if you want. Call him not Thanos. So Darkseid is introduced in this movie. Um, I thought there'd I, be more Darkseid in this movie. Honestly, there I'd, I'd rather I save him for. No, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it fair was enough. for me the estimated amount of Darkseid that we were going to get. Okay. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be that much more. Actually, it was more than I thought we were going to get. So uh, physically, I thought he looked really good. I would have been very curious to see how he would look next to a human person. Yeah, that's how I judge CGI in like like movies is 
how does that CGI character look when standing next to a normal type right. person? Like, like, not not to press a button there, but like to judge Thanos and the way he looks next to a human being, it's it's fairly believable. Thanos is pretty oh, yeah. good, uh, and I, I say fairly believable. The it's Hulk, still... the Incredible Hulk, was was not so believable, oh, but then God. they they got better with yeah. it as they went on. Yeah, but that's also the technology. The dark side didn't. I, yeah, I don't know how great he would look next to a human. I mean, the closest yeah, we get is him know. putting his hand on uh, Superman's shoulder. Mm. So. Darkseid, I thought, for the most part, though, he worked. He he looked great. He you know he held the essence of the character. Young Darkseid looks great when he went to uh, when he was yeah. fighting. But um, any thoughts on Darkseid? Anybody else want to jump? It's in? It's a on? shame I'm, that we're seeing Darkseid in a post Thanos world. It's people yeah. are gonna inevitably yeah. compare because I I do believe Darkseid came out before Thanos, but they're also they're very different in what their their end goals are, and they're very different characters. Um, in the comics, Thanos is way more that maniacal type, like, I'm doing this for Lady Death because I'm in love with her. And Darkseid is literally, I just want to rule everything. Yeah. That's my thing. But, um... I'm excited to see more uh, Darkseid. Here we go. Uh, Darkseid appeared in November 1970, first cameo in a comic book, and Thanos was actually three years later. Interesting. Uh, f- uh, further fun fact... The first appearance of Darkseid was in a Jimmy Olsen comic. Yes, he was. And even funner, fun, more fun fact is, uh, I think it's like issue 141 of Jimmy Olsen or something like that. 134, pretty 134. Close. I have 132, 133, Ooh. and 135. Uh, you can probably find them on eBay. Cheap. It, 134, the first appearance of Darkseid really? is one of the, the highest. I or, didn't know. Yeah. Especially in more recent years, yeah. with uh, after yeah. Jack Kirby but passed Dark away. Side, Dark Side has it before uh, Thanos. Yeah, yeah. I give it yeah. to him. That's why he's better. They did a death battle. <laughs> they, they did do a death battle between the two of them. It was really entertaining. Yeah, Dark Side's one of those characters that with in, or without the gauntlet. With, yeah. But uh, Dark Side's one of those characters that they've changed him so much over the years that he is pretty much invincible. Like more worse than Superman in some points. But let's let's talk about Superman because I was just I was just so happy we about know. what how happy is happy I I like I, Happy Gilmore I was really happy Happy Georgia yeah I, I, he was like <laughs> look, look look at that shot look at that shot he drooled a little bit all right so visually the most terrible I think I think we can all agree I think he that clapped a little bit when I, Superman I did. came that was out. that was me hitting the floor because I fainted he was so giddy I was a little giddy but anyway <laughs> uh, visually Zack Snyder's always pretty on point with his visuals his visuals are always really at least interesting and especially when it comes to comic book movies he does a great comic book movie but um i gotta say superman when it came to the visuals was kind of the, the scene stealer besides the flash i think i think the flash and and superman had some of the best visual cues in the movie mm. um they, they still missed one cue with the flash i thought you were gonna say superman's mustache no the the one thing they should have done was you know when they're getting ready to battle and they're showing like they're like powers or whatever around them and Barry's doing yoga and they zoom in on him and that was it. I was like, no, you need the lightning in his eyes to appear right there and that would have been perfect. Somebody's been watching the new season of The Flash. <laughs> That's not the reason why. I'm just saying you see him every other time with it all around him. This one time just have it in his eyes and that would have been amazing. Instead of him just doing stupid yoga to be a comedic relief right there are you okay wow. no i'm not touchy yeah. uh one thing missing from the whedon uh verse one is uh when barry first sees the Batcave, 
I like it better in, in yeah. Josh. It's like a cave. It seemed it was so Lego movie-ish though. Oh yeah. And he just dips. But he, like they still kind of reenact it when they when they go to the Batcave for the first time and he's like, Wow. Alright, help me to understand black suit um super I almost said black suit Spider Man. Black suit <laughs> Superman. So like what's what's the significance of the suit and why why does he choose it? Because I will say, watching the I don't I don't know very much about it. I knew of it. I know that he fans were clamoring for it, but I know also in the film, from what I saw, I couldn't gather the significance of it. Resurrection. Maybe I don't know. But in the comics, the the black suit was a, a regeneration. It was like a solar absorption suit because when Superman came back, he was powerless. Okay. So that suit helped him absorb solar radiation faster, and it just looked cool. Because okay. the problem was during the reign of Superman arc when they brought in all these brand new Superman, they, it was like super. It was Superboy, Steel, which Sean would love to do a retro on that movie. <laughs> Shaq can't act. Um, Cyborg Superman and the Eradicator, and all of them had their a very distinct look to them. So nobody believed, nobody knew who the real Superman was. So they brought in a. The real Superman, but they gave him a different costume also just to kind of further differentiate. And the mullet. The Superman mullet of the of the 90s. In this movie, I think they talk about, in like Zack Snyder did interviews, like it's kind of, a, it is a symbol of his rebirth and, yeah. you know, that he's still trying to find his place in this world. I thought and, maybe it was an homage to his father because like when he was picking out the suit, his father's voice was going and both, Batman's both voice. Both. No, yeah. it was... Uh, yeah. it was, oh, was Kevin Costner? Costner? Kevin Costner. Oh, it was Ben Affleck. <laughs> All right, that well, makes more sense. Also, Black is about the um, eternal struggle of good and evil. Kind of like what he's going for when he first comes back to life. Okay. He's seen as this evil person, right? Because he doesn't know who he is until Lois comes. So now he's struggling between going back to who he was and who he came back as. So now he's got the Black... At least that's the way I see it. Okay. Or it just looked cool. Not saying it didn't look cool. I thought visually it looked really cool. And also black is a sign of sophistication too. Just Hence black suits. <laughs> All right. So let's. <laughs> oh my God. I hate him so much. <laughs> Which launches a, an introduction to our new podcast, uh, Style with Ronnie Castrucci. <laughs> it's going to last 13 episodes and be two Dude, minutes that's each. That's generous. Nah, I figured I'd get. I would have gave myself two. You're wearing the same shirt Minutes. you wore our last Justice League episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a black oh, flash called Throwback Saturday. <laughs> what? Because I say Throwback Thursday, but it's not Thursday, even though the movie came out on Thursday. All right, you're cute. I know I am. So I do it for you. Talking about Superman, though, he comes back with a with a much higher level of um, aggression. Um, the fi- the fight get with him in the Justice League is still really fun, and for the most part, it's it's very similar to the Whedon cut. There there's some extra shots, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Flash and trying to tackle him, and yeah, he's, and he's missed. Like it, it goes to show also how powerful he really is. I we weren't sure how much of that was filmed for Joss Whedon's, but uh, at least his lip looked good. <laughs> oh, yeah. camera just died, but um, yeah, so. There's a lot of good stuff in it, and just I really like having that extra level of aggression was also interesting. Any thoughts on overly aggressive Superman? No, I, I think it. I think it. It worked well with what happened. Like you said, you got some extra little 
um, fun stuff. Like you said, when he's charging at Superman and he just moves aside and he runs into Aquaman. Oh, that was it. Basically, and, replaced the whole bleed. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. That was that was the funny moment of the scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about when he's fighting Steppenwolf? Now, they use pretty much the exact same shots. They took out some of the 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 hokier dialogue. Yeah. Um, but I believe in truth, justice. But I'm also a big fan of justice. Ta-ta-da. It was the whole movie was less corny. Yeah. I don't mind Superman having some corny to him, but it just I think this Superman was a much better evolution of where Superman was. I it really ups, it it breaks my heart that we're never going to see the uh, the sequel to this movie. That's yeah, and especially no. it ends on a like a cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, with Darkseid going, all right, load them up, boys. Load them up. Uh, you know, we get the uh, the nightmare scene, and then we get the Martian Manhunter, and uh, now we're just like, oh, okay, uh, never say never. You know, I yeah. think this this is a very interesting case in in doing movies because. This has never been done before, and now we're sitting here, and HBO Max doing this is going to potentially lead to a lot of new things and a lot of change. So there are plenty of times where, like, you would do a movie and then that's it. This is the first time, you know, with some other exceptions like the Donner Cut and, you know, anything else. Where well, the Donner Cut was just basically, I mean... It was just a jump mess. I remember watching that. I've never watched it again because it was just hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. I have it somewhere. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... Really? Because yeah, it, it right. wasn't like this. This, he actually got to make the movie. The Richard Donner cut was just the same scenes from the first movie and then just, just a couple rearranged. like really badly edited in test screens of uh, yeah, you yeah, know, Christopher Reeve really. and Margot Kidder. So oh, wow. it really... Didn't wasn't wasn't didn't live up to the hype that yeah. it was uh, and meant Marlon to be. Marlon Brando acting like a green suitcase. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But let's talk kind of. So they mention Barry. Barry does travel through time in this. It's it's an interesting scene. I think it it could have used a little bit more explanation. And I also, thought we were going to get the whole uh, you know from Batman vs Superman where he like gives a uh, Bruce the warning again. I thought that we were going to see that. Actually I'm, happened I am in glad, real time. Though, at least they uh, they discussed it. And they they, they it did mention up. it, yeah. And um, they even had uh, the Flash in the nightmare sequence look like that Flash. Yes, yes. Because yeah. he had the this grizzled look to him. So a lot of what's going on is also because Bruce received that premonition, that that vision from Barry. Now I do like how Barry says to to them, he's like, "When I I can't go faster than the speed of light because when I do." weird things start to happen with time. So I like that it's not just straightforward time travel. It's it's like it messes with reality itself almost to you a point. You think that'll tie itself into the Flash movie that we're supposedly getting? I think so because I think I think we even said it during our Crisis on Infinite Earths episode which never got uploaded. You remember when we recorded? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <sighs> yeah, that one sucked. <laughs> but uh, we did specifically say that we thought that the scene where Barry meets Barry... Is from is going to be in the Flash movie, like when this yeah. Flash movie finally comes out, they're going to actually that show cool. that scene. Because I would be totally okay with an episode with like a movie of Barry. If they wanted to Flashpoint, they could do Flashpoint where he messes up the timeline because he's already broken his one rule and nothing bad happened. He saved the day. Yeah. Well, nothing bad that we can see immediately. Yeah. So and they, also, why does who cares about messing up 
the timeline because we're not going to get any more of these movies, most likely. You yeah, know. it's a it's a, it's a shame. But um, so I do enjoy the concept though that Barry traveling through time is not a straightforward type thing. It you know it, it opens up a portal that he reaches out to Bruce through, and Bruce is only hallucinating it. And that's also why Bruce is getting these visions because Barry's whatever Barry did for time travel is messing with his brain basically, or it could be just multiple attempts. Because I think during the nightmare sequence, Joker does mention how many alternate timelines have you created trying to fix this. So there could be millions and millions of uh, different timelines where all these things were happening. So let's talk about the nightmare sequence. Because the epilogue. The epilogue. Well, well okay. hold on. Every, okay. <laughs> epilogue isn't... It, the whole epilogue isn't made up of the nightmare sequence. There no. Are me, like, there's also the Martian Manhunter, so let's just focus on the nightmare sequence of the epilogue. All right, so... Because everything else about the epilogue was good. Oh, wow. wow. I might be on with Ronnie on this. Wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought the nightmare sequence was a pointless exercise. I, yes. I did not see any reason why it should be in there other than just to, sh- you know, have a callback to the nightmare sequence from, was it in Batman v Superman? Yeah. Like, and, and to give Joker another chance to be in there, which I will say, I, and I think I might be in the minority on this one. He liked them. I actually thought he did, other than looking like a white faced Marilyn Manson, I thought he was, did, did way better and redeemed himself a lot, and I now rank him higher than Joaquin Phoenix, which I put, I, I put Joaquin Phoenix almost at the bottom, and then Jared Leto. They switched places now for me. That's fair. Because yeah, I, yeah. saw, I saw Jared Leto actually did a serviceable job here. Yeah. And, were, I, and I have to say, when he was on, I was looking around the room when we were doing this, and it was deadly silent in the room. You oh, could yeah. hear a pin drop. We were all just paying such close attention to it. So I think there's some validity to it, but the nightmare sequence as a whole, I thought was had no place at all yeah. in the movie and did nothing for us and, and was just excess for the sake of excess. See, to talk about Joker specifically, the one thing I didn't like was when he was talking like this. That I didn't like. But everything else, their entire dialogue, I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing! But then once you talk like this, I was like, "Oh, you got you lost me." Then he went back to his normal. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, I'm good." Um, but other than that, I did enjoy him. He better than Suicide Squad. Way better than he was in Suicide yes. Squad. Now, Sean, you were not part of the multiverse fan cast discussion on the Joker. Where did you rank Jared Leto's Joker to begin with? I'm trying to remember because for me, it's. It's Nicholson and Ledger, one one A. Mm. Who's one? Who's one A? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think both of those two to me are the cream of the crop when it comes to the character. Um, I still have not seen Joker. I just for some reason can't seem to force. I wish I could go back to that. I I, for some reason I have not forced myself to watch the Joker (laughs) Um, because I feel like I'm just going to go sit down and it's basically going to be watching Taxi Driver. Yes, you will be. King of Comedy. Yeah, that's absolutely. Watching a Martin Scorsese movie, and I like I like Scorsese. I really do, and I like Joaquin Phoenix, and you know I was rooting for him to win, but um, I just thought Jared Leto was so bad in Suicide Squad. I but I want to know was that his take on the character or was that what was written for him did he go to David Ayer and say I want to play this guy like a gangster like just a weird gangster after seeing this I want to say that was Ayer's version it's you would think think. I want to say it's 
it's Jared Leto, but Jared Leto learned but what not to do see now, <laughs> from doing suicide. Okay, yeah, so let me, let me so. say, so was this, this wasn't a new scene, the Jared Leto. That was, this was done before Zack oh, no, Snyder left. No, no, this was all new footage. Okay, yeah, so it's happened. been, when did, when did Suicide Squad come 2016, out? 2016, I think. Yeah. Okay, so it's been four and a half years for Jared Leto to be like, if I show up as the Joker from Suicide Squad... I'm just going to, you know, yeah, piss yeah, everyone off. Hated. So to me, like what Rob said earlier, that Zack Schneider had all this time to say, okay, this is how I want the movie to look. Yeah. I'm sure Jared Leto was like, okay, I got to play this a little differently. Yeah. I can't come in there with the braces on my teeth and, you know, go, you know. Oh, he, still yeah. had he still had them. He did? I didn't even no, know. I his don't... teeth were metal. Uh, there was also right. the blood there, so I couldn't really yeah, tell. It didn't say damaged on his forehead either. Yeah, and he didn't have the but smile tattoo. I uh. definitely agree that he was much better in this movie. It was... I'm I'm sorry, though. It was it was nowhere close to the the interrogation scene in Agreed. Dark Knight. Oh, um, that's fair. Yeah. It, it was I, good, but it is not on the same level. Oh, when, he, not, but when he mentioned Robin, I was like, oh, oh that yeah. was yeah. There was some, was it was cold. some good tension. And then when back, when there. when when Affleck just drops the F, I was just like, I yeah. was just like, okay, this I'd, is definitely I'd see that movie with them. That's yeah. the thing, and 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 and, yeah, and I, I and I, I that's why I I again I don't know where Snyder was going after this movie. Like I don't know what was in his you know plans. So I don't know where that nightmare scene fits into the continuing story of this series. So that's why I, I didn't mind it because I'm like, I'm sure there's got to be more to this yeah. that we're never going to see. I mean, but knowing that we're never going to get it, did it have to be there? No. Mm-hmm. But I, I still thought it was good to know that, you know, everything went to hell. Yeah. And it's because because Superman goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but, I th- it, but it was a dream. It was so, a dream, but you assume that in that vision, something close to that's going to happen. So you think Batman, Bruce Wayne's having visions? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talked about that with the from the Flash uh, and him messing with time, which too much. turned out to be a dream too. No. <laughs> uh, when Flash goes back to talk to him the first time, yeah, and then he wakes up. It doesn't. You see the papers moving in the backgrounds. So he's getting these visions because the Flash is traveling through time. But it's it's not just it's not like it is in other medium where if Ronnie traveled back in time right now another Ronnie would be sitting right next to him right yeah that'd be terrifying actually there isn't don't worry don't everyone worry. Yeah. we're safe <laughs> but I think in this universe when Barry goes back through time it it affects people differently and that's why Bruce is getting visions of the timeline that Barry's in now who who is he referring to with uh, dying was it Lois or was it Wonder Woman Lois Lois okay because I kind of his the way Jared Leto was talking there. I, was, I, was, I wasn't even sure if it was Wonder Woman. Well, because she wasn't there, so you assume right. something happened to her. I thought maybe that's who... Obviously, you find out that Aquaman is killed right. by yeah. Superman. Because, yeah. you know, Amber Heard and her amazing acting is like, I need to kill the thing that killed my love. Well, Victor Victor has the a similar premonition when he activates the... Yes. So it's, it's yeah. very similar. And you see Darkseid putting his hand on Superman's shoulder and a burned body. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's safe to assume that that was Lois, Lois. and Superman succumbed to the anti-life equation. Because that, that's what it does in the comics. It, it turns you into just mindless slaves. Yeah. Literally, it, it, it like takes the life from you. So I guess in that world, Darkseid has uh, taken the anti-life equation and he's actually used it on Earth. Don't, and, do me a favor, just while I say this, don't explain the anti-life equation to me. But I will say that I thought 
that throwing that into there was too confusing because I'm I'm like I don't I don't know what he's talking about other than the fame those those patterns on the face of the earth is that what the anti life equation no okay that I, was his symbol the omega symbol what is I don't even know what that is what is that it's the symbol that dark side wears just a symbol omega? It's like his, so what is like the, the Greek, right, now I do want to know so what is the anti life equation and how is it the, located because he said I saw it with my own eyes I don't I thought he was talking about the pattern on the earth no I don't remember I, I don't know what they meant in that that was a little confusing but okay. in the comics the anti life equation is basically it's it's exactly what it sounds like it's a mathematical equation that's used to take control of sentient life and it's but what it's, dark sides after but it's only located on Earth. Well, they find out that it's on Earth. Well, I and I think in the comics it is too. What, so what is it actually? Because you said it's an equation. Yeah, I, uh, give me two seconds if you guys <laughs> want to talk for a second. <laughs> yeah, I, like there were yeah. times when I thought it was so geeky that it was like, okay, it's it's going a little too far. There. Yeah. I think it's thinking beyond its audience here and because I, I didn't really understand what was going on or what was happening. Yeah. And, I'm going to go back to the epilogue real quick. Yeah. Um, well, he does what he's got to do over there. Research. Yeah. Um, but one thing I was confused about was before the nightmare sequence, the desert, right? You had Lex and Slade talking on the yacht. Right. And he was like, oh, you mean I can get back at Batman? Then we see in the nightmare sequence, we see Slade there. And I thought that was going to explain like... <laughs> why he's mad at Batman because obviously yeah. they're working together right there. Batman must have and then, done something yeah, to him. Turn his back ago. on him know. or something. Or maybe put him in jail or something. Yeah. Alright, so you got an answer? Alright, this is as of <laughs> <laughs> as of 2005 this is the most common or the most modern I'm going to have to play around <laughs> So it's loneliness plus alienation plus fear plus despair plus self-worth plus mockery plus condemnation Condemnation? Condemnation. Condemnation. Thank you. Plus misunderstanding, times guilt, times shame, times failure, times judgment, where N equals or N equals Y, where Y equals hope and N equals folly. Love equals lives. Or excuse me, love equals lies. Life equals death. Self equals dark side. Okay, so basically what happens My is Lois dies. Just imploded. Right? So oh, Lois no, dies, and then Superman's that. like, I have nothing to live for. So Darkseid's like, hey, check this out. The, now that basically you're feeling the, condemned. Basically, the point of the anti-life equation is to prove the futility of life, that life is truly meaningless. And that apparently only exists on Earth. Uh, it There are pieces of it throughout the universe, I believe. And I think in the, in this, he's saying that like the key to right. it is on Earth. But yes, in more recent... And that's why Darkseid becomes obsessed with Earth. And also maybe Lois Superman. is the key to the... Well, there is a life equation yeah. also, yeah, okay. but... Yeah. Oh, my brain. I know. Holy cow, that was way more than I thought it was going to be. You wanted this. So, <laughs> e equals MC squared. I'm pretty sure that was the tagline on the poster for Zack Snyder's Justice League. That would hurt. I gotta lay down. Uh, Feel it in my jellies. But, um... I, I would I know that the scene with Lex and, and Deathstroke was really more also a setup for the for the Batman movie they wanted to do after this because yeah. yeah. Deathstroke was supposed to be the bad guy yep. in it. Um, his costume still looks great. The Batman um, movie oh, was supposed yeah. to be after Justice League. I thought that was supposed to be before Justice no, League. Supposed to, they were supposed to do a Batman movie right no, after. No, not not the Robert Pattinson. No, no, I know that, movie. but I why I for, I thought Justice League came out and then Affleck walked away from directing the. 
Yeah, you're right. He okay, was that attached makes sense. to Director. <laughs> you just yeah. I know. I, for some yeah. reason, I thought it was before Justice League came out where he walked away from it, and then he still did Batman and Justice League. That's no, why no. I got confused. Yeah. So the, they were gonna do the Batman. I would love to see. I know there's a there's a big clamoring now to see more Batman and get Ben Affleck back in the role. Please God, no. It looked like that last scene with him and Martian Manhunter was shot recently because Ben Affleck didn't look as jacked up as he. But did he also in the other he looks scenes. he looks skinnier though, so he didn't look as bloated. So I don't know. Yeah. But. Uh, Martian Manhunter, I thought, looked really good. Yeah. I, I definitely think that they didn't finish the effects beforehand. That was one of the effects that they had yeah. to finish. But, um, yeah, he, he, I liked his look. I liked his... His voice was different in the trailers when they... Like, he had more of, like, a, a, like an, a, an effect to it, almost. I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't go with it. And just, it was still just Henry Lennox. Yeah. He's got a good voice, though. So. He does have a good voice. And I like how he's he's been around this whole time. Yeah. Like... That what? was him in Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, yeah. where? What? Where in Man of Steel? He's he was the general. the general. The general. Which? The guy when Swanick. he turns back into the general after he's, you know, Clark's ma as after he's Martha. Oh. He turns into an army general and walks I'll have away. To go back and not. He was watch in Batman vs. He was in Batman vs. Superman also. Where? Yeah, at the end when well first Lois tries to interrogate him about the bullet. Oh, vaguely. And then he's the one that <laughs> when they fire the nukes he's he's the one he's the. The black uh, commanding officer. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Now, yeah, now, I think I know who you are. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm really worried for a second. <laughs> um, but it, is, it is a shame that we are not going to see where this story goes. Yeah. Like, is, is there's the, no mm, way we'd ever see it? Like, I, I read a, somewhere that people in Warner Brothers, a lot of chatter, were like, you know, of course, Warner Brothers is going to like, you know, just fall on their sword and be like, Zach, please come back. To be honest, yeah. if it makes money, they'll make it. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! But the thing is, how's it making? And you'll have Green Lantern. You can't do free trials to see this. Okay, so what? That's nine ninety nine. You got to do uh, yeah, you got to do an actual subscription. See, I don't think it's gonna make that much money. But also, it's the same. It's the same like Netflix and all that, where it's it's based on their streaming and it's it's gonna be based off how many views. Yeah, and the views are already insane. Because because I guarantee you, they're gonna be like, well, it got twelve million views. That was box office. It would have been this. So you know what? It is a success. Also, you know, films on these streaming services are their success is also based on not just how many people sign up just for the movie itself, but also how long they stay on after the movie's been watched. You know, it's sort of like in like a, a Best Buy ad where they market something at a really, really low price. They're counting on you also going in and spending money on something else you see. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that way with an HBO Max, they're like, oh, you know, I, want, I got it for, you know, this movie, but oh, look at all these other great things are on here. And then you let your, you know, it lapse and you suddenly you've bought six months before you realize it and everything. So they're yeah. counting on that too. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, How did I have a question? How did we feel about the aspect ratio? Didn't get why it was done that way. It didn't. It honestly didn't bother me. Yeah. For those who who don't know what we're talking about, the aspect ratio for this wasn't a widescreen. It was a one and a third by one. It was like watching on an old square square TV. It was bizarre, but again. It really after the beginning, I I, I didn't really. It I was didn't, gonna, It didn't same, bother same me. thing. Like like after watching it for some time, like I ended up not really noticing it as much. So then, but did it add anything to your viewing experience? No, no. Yeah, same. It also no. did, it also didn't take anything away from the viewing. It's not like no. you were watching a widescreen movie that was cut down no. to that aspect ratio. Yeah, it was shot in that aspect ratio. 
why I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the thing is I don't know what the choice did to add to the yeah. film. Unless yeah, it was, is know. that like the IMAX ratio? Like was that no, something to do with IMAX? IMAX? I, no, I know what the IMAX ratio is, and it's not that. Um, so that that was that was bizarre. I have not seen a movie look like that ever. Yeah, with the black boxes on the sides. <laughs> yeah, you know, very, especially very now with flat screen TVs, you don't need those exactly. boxes anymore. You know, so that was bizarre. Purely, but again, it, just an aesthetic it, weird, it, it, wore, it wore off. Yeah. Half hour into the movie, I didn't really pay attention yeah. to it. It's like filming on film. You know, some directors just like certain things. I don't yeah. have a problem with it. But um, yeah, let, you want to jump into final thoughts on the movie? Anybody want to? When we do our star rating, are we going to do our star rating for Justice the Joss Whedon cut as well? I, I think it would be a good idea because I know we did it when we first saw the movie, but I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I, I couldn't tell you either, but I know it's a lot higher than we, what we would say right now. I think we were probably around three. Yeah, probably in the yeah. threes. I, I think we were probably equal-ish. Yeah. So, I'll go first with my final thoughts. This is a this is a great testament to fandoms and to directors who have a vision and being open to that vision. And like as much as I wish we had gotten this movie when it happened, I think it's better that we got it now to kind of just remember how like. This was a story that we never got the the real ending to, and I think that kind of always just didn't sit well. So I'm glad that like this is this is the version that he wanted to tell. Whether or not we get more from it, that you know that's up in the air. But I, I hope that they find some way to continue this, whether it's a, you know an HBO Max kind of thing, or whether they do an actual film, whether they erase the the other Justice League from continuity, whether Flashpoint gets rid of everything, who knows? Um, I'm going to give. The Zack Snyder cut a three and a half out of five. It is well above average. It is. It's not going to be my favorite because the problem is with with uh, just with like movies that I say are my favorite is what's their rewatchability? What movies can I watch over and over again? I can't just pop this in and sit down and watch it. Like I, I hate to say it, this is not a movie I can just turn on no. when I have like some time to kill. Maybe like the last hour all the, like the fun stuff yeah. but unfortunately like as, as great as this movie is for me and how, as much as I enjoy it and as much as I enjoy the road and the story behind it I can't I can't give it like a four or, or even a five I, I, w- I wish I could I really want to but uh, I think a solid three and a half is is definitely where I'm going to sit for for the Joss Whedon cut I am lowering it down to a two and that's being generous because um, there, there is still stuff that I enjoy in it and also we're gonna. He- we still hear a lot of things about what happened with that and, and all the negative. At the end of the day, we don't know. Like they could have just approached us and be like, "I, we need you to refilm this movie, and we need to you to do it like your style." Yeah. Like, or he could have come in and been like, "I'm Joss Whedon. I'm going to refilm this movie." We'll never know. But um, I'm gonna give Joss Whedon's a two, and I think, I think it's gonna stand there. Who would like to do theirs next? I can go. All right, Sean. Final thoughts and uh, Star City ratings. Uh, Well, final thoughts for me just continues the fact that I think DC can't get out of their own way uh, with these movies. Um, Just the hot mess that they've gotten themselves into by A, letting Zack Schneider basically have to, you know, walk from finishing this movie you bring in another director and he just absolutely craps it with the <laughs> cut that he ended up doing. And now you allow this, you know, 
Zack Schneider cut to be released, and you're sounds like you're going to go back on you know your word and go and start making these movies again. Again, I just think DC is just a hot mess of a studio in terms of making movies. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, for the movie, I enjoyed it. Again, it wasn't a classic of cinema history. Um, I thought the visuals were very good. I thought the character depth was a, t- a whole lot better. You know, star rating. Well, let me start with the Josh Whedon cut. I probably would give that a one and a half. Um, this one, I'd probably go three. All right, it's above an above average movie. But I agree yeah. with Paul that it's not a movie. I don't think I can really ever say, "Hey, I'm going to watch Zack Schneider's Justice no. League tonight." Or when when does anyone? Five. Yeah, when does anyone have four hours? <laughs> well, to that's do? the thing. It's like I'm just going to start at part five and start yeah. from there. And 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 I hate to say it like that because it's a good. I mean, it, it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie, yeah. but it's just there was nothing in those first three parts that I was like, "Wow." I really want to watch that yeah. again. Yeah, uh, Ronnie, I'm, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, so this movie was a big improvement to what we saw with Joss Whedon. Now, I know that his cut, Joss Whedon's cut, had to come because of Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers saw what Snyder did in that 90% and said the movie was unwatchable. That's why they went and hired Whedon to do the entire movie, essentially. Um, and he did not do anything well. Justice. Yeah. I was, I was trying not to do it because I knew you would roll your eyes at me or anything like that. But, he, yes, he did not do the movie justice. Um, with that being said, I would give that movie one and a half to two star rating um this one was like i said a big improvement you had a lot more characterization with this everything looked a lot cleaner and sharper um it did drag the first two hours did drag in this though um because there was a lot of explaining that they did that we didn't get in the first one right in the weeding cut but it just dragged for the first two. The last two hours or so, I thought were really, really good. Um, if I would have just seen the last two hours, I would probably give the movie like a four the last two hours. But in total, probably like a three, three and a half or so. Rob? Very well spoken. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> um... Part, a lot of my feelings of this film isn't what it is, but what it is not. Having gone back and rewatched Justice League, Joss Whedon's version this week, I was astonished by just how bad it was. Um, I thought it was just an absolute... It, it was like it was made by an, a, an eight, a, a stupid eight-year-old. Like, not even <laughs> just a regular eight-year-old. Um, it the costumes looked ridiculous in the lighting. Um, none of it made really a lot of sense. And watching this really made me realize more just how bad it was. So I, I definitely want to knock off a lot of stars off of Justice League. Like I thought it was bad on Tuesday of this past week when I watched <laughs> it, and now I think it's even worse. Um, it made there was such a lack of continuity. But the thing is this, and I was, I'm trying to think back to when we first reviewed Justice League, why we were all okay with it, and it's because. Um, 
Batman v Superman had come out, it was such, and now I'm not talking about the director's cut. The original theatrical cut was such a train wreck, was so dark and dis, and depressing and muddy. And this was also at a time when like Marvel was really taken off, and that you know, because you know me, I'm the Marvel corporate shill here. Um, Marvel <laughs> was so taking off and and you know doing so many things right. And so we were like, oh my gosh, this this is we're just glad that they course corrected and now it's more Marvel movie esque. But looking at it, I'm like. Now I'm looking at it going, wow, it it was trying to be something that it wasn't. It wasn't being true to itself. And as a result, it's just a bastardization of of everything that's in the Snyderverse, which doesn't mean it's necessarily a good thing either because it's the Snyderverse. Now, having said all that about Justice... Well, let me give my rating for Justice League. Easily one and a half. It is an abomination. Um, It is not something I would recommend to anyone. Um, for any reason whatsoever. There's no reason to watch the first Justice League at all. I would say just ignore it, wipe it off the face of the earth. Now, you'll be surprised to hear that I actually didn't mind watching this new Justice League, and I actually had... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I think I actually liked it more than Ronnie and Sean. Um, Wow. Yes. Go get the tequila? (laughs) (laughs) Now... There's a few reasons why I liked it. First of all, I have to say, I think it gave... Having four years to work on a film um, and to think about it and think about what to do, I think gave Zack Snyder a lot of perspective. I'm sure his own life gave him a lot of perspective, too, bearing his tragedy and everything uh, with his daughter. But it gave him perspective, and as a result, it, uh, it allowed the film to breathe, to for him to think about things, and also to become a stronger storyteller. Because I thought this was much stronger storytelling than what we've seen from Zack Snyder in the past, which we've always said has been his weak spot. He cannot yeah. tell a story. Great visually, poor when it comes to character arcs and motivations, and this you know, filled in all those spots. Um I still thought it was excessive at points, not as excessive as I was expecting or as I've seen in past Snyder films. Um, but it was, its again, it's not like what you guys said, it's not a film that I would ever put on and say, oh, I think I want to rewatch this. Whereas, you know, I, I can pick any Marvel movie and say, I would if it were on, I would totally rewatch it again. I don't think there's a single one that I would, even the, the lesser Marvel movies, I'd say I'd still want to see it. Um, it was... A satisfying watch, I will say that, um, because it was neat to see it all come together. It was neat to see, you know, Snyder, you know, complete his vision for us, to, for the fans to get what they want. Um, so there was definitely a catharsis that I felt in watching it and seeing it all finally come together. And one of the problems I've always had with the DC movies is that it always brings up lots of um open-ended questions that never comes around to answering them whereas I felt like this wrapped up quite a lot of loose ends and threads that were hanging about there's Mm -hmm. still a few of course dangling out there I still hate the nightmare sequence Um, there's still a few things that are like you know that they introduced that they probably shouldn't have but it did wrap up a ton of stuff and it it made sense It, it deepened the universe it deepened my understanding of the whole thing it was still very very long though four hours is a long movie um, especially a superhero movie and also since batman v superman we've gotten to the point where we've become more comfortable with a darker less happier superhero universe which is why you know i think we were all more the world is more ready for this justice league um so i i Overall, I now okay. 
Uh-oh. Last thing I'm going to say. As of this moment, I want to give it three. However, I might just be high on the fumes of that catharsis and high on the fumes of, well, at least it wasn't this. Yeah. And so that may change. Like, I will tell you, it's not going to appreciate over time for me. Right now, I'm at the highest of level of appreciation I will ever get for it. Whether or not it's going to decrease in appreciation, that remains to be seen. And it's entirely possible that, you know, a few months from now, I might be like, oh, that's right. I thought that did happen. Yeah, I guess it wasn't as good. Because I have to say, I felt that way with Wonder Woman 84 when I first watched it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's not bad. And then within a week, I'm like, actually, that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think this movie is, is such a unique beast in that we have this not real version to compare it to for wonder woman wonder woman's a great example of we saw it and we we you know we saw it and we were like eh, it was 84. All right. yeah 84 it was all right it was all right but then we compare it to it to wonder woman where wonder woman is a great movie i mean like you marvel or dc fan you have to you everybody appreciates wonder woman it's just a, it's a good movie mm-hmm. and then wonder woman 84 especially when you put them next to each other they just they don't stack up this movie really only has in terms of comparison Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and the Justice version. Right. So I think, if anything, I think this movie is also propelled by the road that it took to get here, and and mm-hmm. how powerful the fans were, and how how passionate the fans were. So I think we have um, a movie that's going to it's going to have some staying power, just in terms of the fans are like, hey, we we did this, like. And then you got a guy like Zack Snyder, who's, for all intents and purposes, a nice guy. Like I, you hear nothing but good things about him. Maybe also he just needs more than one movie to tell a story. Like you, you get movies like Watchmen or Sucker Punch, where the visuals are fantastic. But maybe you, maybe Zack Snyder just needs instead of a, just one better script, four decent scripts. Yeah, I, I, I think he also he needs to work in the medium of television. I would love to see him in TV doing because I, I think this worked really well as a, as an episodic television show. Yeah, I wonder um, if uh, if the movie had come out when it was supposed to, if he was still going to do that the, all the six parts. Well, originally he was supposed to get a trilogy. Oh yeah, this was supposed to be a whole big series. Yeah. Of ju- now of this Justice was supposed League. to be the first movie, or is this part one and two together? It was in supposed one? to be the first movie. The first oh, yeah. originally Justice League was supposed to end when uh, Steppenwolf's head gets sent through and. It opens up with um, uh, the portals. The movie was just supposed to end like major cliffhanger, and then part two was supposed to start. But um, it, but like we said, most direct most movies have a long cut, like three four hours, and then they get cut down in editing, and then stuff gets left on the editing mm-hmm. room floor, and then deleted scenes and all that jazz. But um, I think the general consensus is we enjoyed the movie, we had fun with the movie. Are we ever going to sit down and watch it again? I would. I might. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I mean, would the last two hours yeah. or so. You know what? In in a couple months, I might just be like, what the hell? Just to try it out again. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, but, like um, a lazy Sunday. I just, you know, I, I, I know Paul, the hype for Paul has been huge these last, you know, couple of months. <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak for Robin, for Ronnie. For me, I was never like, Oh, I gotta circle this date. This movie's coming mm-hmm. out. I know it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I'm in your camp. Yeah. But after watching it, I'm just like, okay, this wasn't bad. 
It wasn't. Yeah. You know, it didn't. It didn't. It's one of those. It met my expectations. Yeah. It didn't go dip below my expectations. It met my expectations. Maybe a tad above them. Yeah. Because like I said, just a lot of things I liked that were added. A lot of things that were taken out. Mm. So overall. It was just a good one to watch. It's kind of like, I feel like if I didn't watch it, I would be missing out on something. I also want to say one thing. I'm glad I watched it with everybody because <laughs> honestly, if I watched that by myself, I probably would have turned it oh, off yeah. about an hour in. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were also talking about if we would ever how we would have taken this if it were in a movie theater, and that would have just been awful. Oh yeah. It would have been tough. It yeah. would have been tough. Well, oh, the man. tough part was the first two hours, which I'm sure would have been cut down to like but, thirty minutes. But let's be honest. I mean, we would have sat through it. We would have. Oh, yeah, we yeah, would have. Yeah, yeah. We would have. There would have been no. Like, no. Oh god, we can't imagine make having it. to be sitting in a packed theater I mean, though watching this. Uh, that, I'm trying know, to yeah. I'm trying to think of a comparison movie that compare it to thinking uh, seeing Endgame. See, I I know it's not you know totally the same, but think of it like the the fan me, excitement and to, everyone being see, together. To me, Endgame yeah. was just much more of a build up. This wasn't a right. build up. There wasn't enough between the beginning and the end to really mm. be like, oh, yeah, because we're we deserve a, this. Because right. we're missing a movie. I, we're missing a bunch of movies, in my opinion, but. Before we should have had this. Yeah. That's where I think if it's the 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 impact of seeing it in the theater would not have been the no. same as seeing Endgame in the theater. Yeah. But you know, I, seeing Endgame was an event. Yes. Seeing Deathly Hollows was an event. This to me wasn't an event. No, agreed. We made it an event. We made it we an, made an event. event. Yeah. And as I said, I'm glad I saw it with yeah. everybody because I'll be honest. By myself, I probably would have gotten bored after the first hour, yeah. yep. and been like, you know what? I'm just gonna try this later another day. You know, what never the watch it, yeah, and then come do a podcast with you guys and be like, I never watched it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Paul would have hit me, and I'm yeah, like, right? God, I'm sorry. Leave. I have failed you. Yeah. I have failed I this podcast. This, I will say this for the film too, and this is, I think, kind of the coolest part of it is that this will stand the test of time in terms of a filmmaking curio that this will be something that'll be looked at by film students in showing how different you know different directors can interpret material in totally different ways um, in terms of how you know a, a two-hour movie can become a four-hour movie and be totally a totally different film yeah like it, it's a fascinating filmmaking exercise to see it change and morph over time like that so I, I would encourage it for anyone who's into filmmaking to to compare the two cuts to see how how much they differ oh yeah, yeah. I mean and it's also a good lesson for you want to be a filmmaker you gotta deal with the studio. Mm-hmm. Like this is this was pure. Or you just have to build up an immense amount of like you know success <laughs> that they will not yeah. bother you no matter what. Like Howard Hughes. And yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Zack Schneider doesn't have that clout. No, he he never gained that clout to me that he's untouchable in terms of no matter what mm-hmm. you don't have to me- change anything. I'm very yeah. curious to see what happens to his career after this because I know Netflix is. I think, got yeah, he's, he's got doing, it for Army of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently he, Netflix is now trying to get him for more, and now HBO Max is trying to get him for he'll, more. He, he'll be fine. I, oh, I, I think he'll I be fine. I don't think this will ruin his career. No. I don't think Ho- that at all. Hollywood and America loves a comeback story. You know, Robert Downey Jr. being one of those oh, comeback geez. stories. Yeah. Uh, and they love to root for the underdog once they've been beaten down so low. And, and Zack Snyder's fitting that profile. And so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a hero as a result of this. Oh, yeah. This whole, this whole thing. And you know what? Good for him, man. Like, uh, no, I agree. To, to, I mean, to struggle like that, and like nobody blames him when he stepped away. It it, it really is so incredible. How it the, just the makes fans. it also makes DC and Warner Bros. just look like you know complete you know you know fools. 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 <laughs> just you know, it's like guys, you went with him. 
and now you're against his vision. What what changed in the movies that you're like, oh, they're kicking huh. themselves because they thought this movie was unwatchable. Well, and, and it's and it's I, not. See, I don't I, think it's unwatchable. It's un, It's not unwatchable. See, I, was Zack Snyder ahead of his time though in 2016 when he was making this? Um, oh, yeah. Or were were we not ready for it? Or would I see? I would also argue that the film wouldn't be this if he finished it back in 2016. And see, released I agree it. with yeah. that statement too because yeah. it's the whole aspect of again, it's been three, four years. So yeah. how much of this movie did he think about? You know, in the four years to change a few things. You know, did he leave stuff out? More, did he leave more stuff out that he didn't want? To, I don't know, but I swear to God, there better never be a director's cut of this movie. It'll be six <laughs> hours long. Oh my God. <laughs> But oh, with three epilogues. Listen, I'm glad, I'm glad I saw it, and you know, it's just another notch in uh, DC's in belt Superman's that's belt. never going to get anywhere close to Marvel. No. All right. I'm then. sorry, Paul. Yeah, dapper note to end on. But um, yeah. So I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up. We do have a couple of things planned in the near future. Uh, if you guys are listening to Cinematic Adventures, we are jumping back into our Monster Month. With a surprise monster movie coming out this week. And then, what's in April? And then. And it's our Mel Brooks monster. No, oh, you, you didn't let me finish. That yes, I did. We're gonna, no, and then. And then we're going to do the episode of uh, for Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, Super that exciting. Too. Yeah, really no, pumped for that. Mel Brooks month. We heard you. <laughs> and then we have uh, Mel Brooks month coming up next month. And uh, we're still trying to get. Because they're the, men uh, in tights. They, we, we are manly men in tights. We are also trying to get uh, Bibli Files <laughs> Assembles owner, part of the Misfit Faction Network, to jump in for that one. She was supposed to do uh, tonight's episode, but it was a long night. It's and then, still yeah, it's, a long night. It's still a long and what night. Did, uh, and what did Timmy think of this? I don't know. He left before. I, I know. He was he was out. So, Oh, he did say... So I think he I said, did ask him. Yes, that's right. I, I asked him because... I'm good like that. I'm thoughtful of other people. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> but he did say he enjoyed it. He said it was better. Yep. And he also said he didn't like Batman in this. Really? Yes. I liked Batman better in this. But um, interesting. We're going to have to talk to Timmy. If you yeah, guys he are, said it was better than he thought it was going yeah, to be. Yeah. yeah, if you guys are following Multiverse Fancast, this is actually the end of our Road to the Snyder Cut episode. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> starting next week, we're, from there? we are going to do a retro review on uh, WandaVision, WandaVision. A full, the full review of the season, and we're going to talk about the first two episodes yes. of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which started today. So we would love to hear your thoughts, your comments. Ronnie, how can people get in touch with us? Well funny you should ask not physically oh um no so you can reach out to us on facebook we have three different facebooks we have the misfit faction right so that's the mothership of our podcasts then we also have the multiverse fan cast page as well as cinematic adventures page you can also go to our website themisfitfaction.com to look us up you can also find us on twitter as well um reach out to us on any of those platforms and we can get back to you that way and then we also what we also just launched our uh, Instagram which oh. is uh, the I think it's the Misfit Faction yeah yeah it is okay <laughs> you can, uh, we just got featured on a Podbean story yep. today that was a really uh, fun and exciting thing for us you can also find us on YouTube uh, we are working on content for that uh, hopefully if the camera doesn't die twice next time it got really hot actually yeah <laughs> we might have to just re, re, reevaluate that situation yeah. but uh, yeah we got a lot of fun things planned so make sure you guys are keeping an eye out and as always I'm Paul I'm Ronnie I'm Rob 
And I'm Sean. And we'll be back in a flash. See ya. Smorgasbord. I'll deal with you later. Stay put. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs> back in a flash. Wow. Does he say that often? <sighs> Too, Too often. often.